your state, your team, your show. This is Sports Nightly. The triangle set to the top of the pattern. Now Spielman in motion to the near side. Rolling right is McCaffrey. Throws it toward the end zone. Wide open is Noah. Makes a catch. And it is a touchdown. Nebraska. Now let's check the pulse of Husker Nation with your hosts, Greg Sharp and Ben McLaughlin. And we are here. It is the start of the 2019-20 college basketball season. There are games going on. On a bunch of the TV channels right now, the Huskers will tip it at 8 o'clock tonight to start the Fred Hoiberg era as they get set to host the Highlanders of UC Riverside. Glad you're with us here for a one-hour edition of Sports Highlight tonight, which will lead you right into pregame coverage with the Huskers as Kent Pavelkin, Jake Muehlheisen, all set and ready to call Husker basketball here in the 2019-2020 season. Ben McLaughlin is courtside. Boy, that's got to feel good, right? Sitting courtside, ready for some hoops. Yeah, felt felt great. You know, it was, everything kind of falls into place when, when you walk in here. It doesn't really feel like hoop season, but you know, you walk, make that familiar walk over. You know, you walk in the door, you go through security, then you walk in here. You see Kent Pavelka sitting, already set up for a broadcast, and uh, and and everything's you know the way it should be. Well, it's, it's been quite the off season for this program. Uh, Fred Hoiberg named the head coach back in late March. What a coup by Bill Moose to get a guy who had taken his alma mater, Iowa State, to the Elite Eight a couple of years ago, off to the NBA with a run with the Chicago Bulls, back where he was born in Lincoln, Nebraska. It's an amazing story that Fred Hoiberg has to come to try to get Nebraska basketball to some heights that they've never experienced. And it's just uh, it's an exciting time. It's a, a fresh new team, Ben. I mean, people are going to need to pick up the program walking in there tonight because there's so many new faces on this team. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun to finally see this thing in action. You know the uh, just the melting pot of, of of players that make up this roster. Seeing Coach Hoiberg on the side is I feel like you're still gonna have to you know pinch yourself every now and again just to make sure that it's real. But you know to see these guys out here and playing for real and a game that is gonna go into the record books. Uh, I'm just really excited and I. Hanif Cheatham's out shooting free throws right now. Just went and chatted with him briefly. And, and these guys are just really ready to, to, to play a game, play against somebody else. Uh, they've been practicing against each other a ton. And, you know, they've obviously had the, the overseas trip and just been playing against each other for a, for a whole, whole lot of practices now. So to get out here against a real opponent in a game that matters. And so many of these guys have yet to play a real game in front of PBA. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to see how this thing goes, and I know the players are very excited too. You spent quite a bit of time with this group as you made that journey to Italy back in the summer to kind of get your feel for this team. Uh, tell the folks a couple of guys that they should be looking out for in this game tonight. Well, I think the guy that I just mentioned is going to be a big part of this team on and off the floor. I mean, Hanif Cheatham is a is a, a guy that's going to be a glue guy. He's going to do a lot of things well, shoot, uh, defend, uh, rebound. He's going to have to do a little bit of everything for this team. Uh, he would probably be the, the first guy. And, and, the, and the next guy I'm going to mention is a guy that I haven't seen a whole lot of, and that's Cam Back, you know, just an electrifying point guard who's extremely quick. He can score. You heard Coach Hoiberg last night. Uh, talk about you know his game and, and what he can bring to the table. The big question with Cam is going to be the translation to Power Five, Big Ten basketball, and and how he can hold, hold up against that type of talent. 
um, you know, night in and night out because, you know, at, at JUCO, chances are you're the most talented guy on the floor. They don't play a ton of defense, and uh, Cam is going to be a big part to this team. And, and I think overall just the, the other thing to watch, uh, maybe not so much a player, but is going to be uh, the three-point shooting. You know, can guys like Kavas shoot consistently? Guys like Gervais Green and Cam Mack, those guys that I mentioned, can you shoot consistent enough from the perimeter to to make up for the lack of size that this team's going to have? I think that's going to be something that we follow very closely with this team throughout the year. How about style of play? What did you pick up when you watched that team with those, those uh, exhibition games in Italy? Up and down. This, the, the way that this team is going to win is run on the floor. Get into space, get the ball up the floor, you know, get the defensive rebound and just get up the floor. And, and I think it's going to be exciting for fans to watch that style of play, you know, to get the rebounds and, and push the floor. You're going to see some dunks. You're going to see some, you know, three-pointers in transition. You're going to see a lot of that stuff. And that's what this team's going to be at their best is when they're running up and down the floor. But but in order to do that, you got to get um, you got to get rebounds. You got to hit the glass, and you got to be able to um, you know get those rebounds and start those runouts. Uh, I know teams are probably going to prepare for that for Nebraska, but you know I think just in terms of overall speed, Nebraska has uh, really fast guys that that can run the floor and, and get up there and score points in transition. The opponent tonight, UC Riverside, only 10 and 23 a year ago. David Patrick is their head coach in his second season. They are a Big West opponent. That was It's picked near toward the bottom of that conference this year. Nebraska's a, a nice favorite in this game. I don't know really I don't know really how if you're Vegas you set a line on Nebraska right now, Ben, because we just don't even know don't know what they're gonna look like. Uh, but the Huskers are favored tonight. I, I, you know, to me a lot of times opening games are more about just kind of learning about the Cornhuskers. Uh, so I, I don't know that we know a whole lot about this Riverside team that'll be here tonight. Nope, and they're without a handful of players, too. Yeah. So I think this is going to be an experiment for both teams. I think it's a good opponent for Nebraska to start the year with. I think, you know, there's another team that they're going to play here relatively soon in uh, in southern Utah that would pose Nebraska a lot more problems. So I think it's good to start with this team. Um, and we'll kind of see, you know, what, what kind of challenge they present. And, and that's the thing about this team. No matter who they play, there's going to be stretches where Nebraska looks really good and they're in a position to run a team out of a gym. And then there's going to be other stretches where uh, they can't throw it in the ocean and rebounding is going to be a big issue. So uh, probably going to see some of both tonight. But hopefully in the end, you know, the, uh, the overall talent and depth of this team is good enough to, uh, to take care of the Highlanders tonight. Well, it's going to tip off a little after 8 o'clock tonight. The Huskers begin the 2019-2020 season. The Big Red will play twice this week at home. This game tonight, then Saturday afternoon, no football game, so great chance to come out and watch some Saturday afternoon basketball. Southern Utah will be the opponent on Saturday, 1 o'clock tip. Then South Dakota State next Friday. And then Southern the next Friday. So only four games, really, for this team over the, the next couple of weeks. But then they go to the Cayman Islands for that three-game uh, tournament, which will wrap up their November schedule. So four straight at home to begin it for the Cornhuskers uh, starting at 8 o'clock tonight. Ben's going to be talking to – have you picked which guy you're talking to tonight? What's What's the verdict? Kent volunteered to, oh, good. Uh, to volunteer his time to us. So he's uh, missed. I'm sure he's missed you. He missed me a lot, yeah. You know, and I could tell when I saw him for the first time, he was fighting back tears. But yeah, you know, I tend to I tend to have that effect on people, and I know Kent's really excited to talk to me. Did you segment. Did you guys bro hug it out? 
<laughs> no, we did not. We didn't. Um, you know, I, polite, I politely asked Kent to, to scoot down and give me some room, but, uh, of course, he didn't oblige. He had already had his scorecard taped down. So, you know, me, Jake, and Tim are just going to have to cram in this last seat here and just, and just make it work. So that's, that's the way we're used to it, and we wouldn't have it any other way. Ready to tip it off tonight, 8 o'clock against UC Riverside. Let's take you back out to PBA and Ben McLaughlin. And the man that's going to do, do the calling, Kent Pavelka. What's up, buddy? Good to see you, Benny. How are you? Good to see you. How was your off season? Well, it was. Uh, it seemed like it should have uh, seemed longer. I mean, it just went by in a hurry, and here we are again. Seems like we were. Uh... Of course, I'm not on the air or anything, so that's that's fine. See, yeah, this is how popular he is. We can't. Yeah. Even, we can't not <laughs> even on the air for ten seconds, and someone's asking him to to shake his hand and, and take a selfie. Does that just ever get old? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, this rope it, behind us is clearly not doing its yeah, job. If it weren't for all the money I've made over the years. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, it went by in a hurry. Didn't you think? Yeah. But yes you're, in no. the, you're in the throes of football and you just got done with baseball before that. So, yeah. I mean, you never have a day off. Um, well, what do you think? I, think, <laughs> I, I mean, I've, I, I, well, I saw you saw him in Italy. I've seen him a lot over the. You've summer. been a lot of practice. I have been. Um, man, I just don't know how you throw sixteen players on the floor and fourteen of them are new, brand new. Uh, one of the fifteenth didn't play last year. Redshirted, sat out, and then the sixteenth averaged two points a game. How how do you put that together? Um, you know, you know, you think about the. Well, I, I like to think about a program like Wisconsin's, and Wisconsin's basketball program was like Nebraska's football program was in, back in the day, in that it was based on, you know, guys putting in their time and getting to play after three years, and you know that kind of thing. Uh, so, on a, on a in a given year, you're probably going to have half your squad back, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's so important because nobody was here to show them the way, including the coaching staff. So, you know, it's just um, it's it's a proposition that's mind boggling, really. Having said that, I can tell you that I I know you'll agree that there's some really good talent on this team. Now, I don't know that there are any NBA players on this team. Nobody pops at you like that. But um, I I, I will say this. I think that they've got a lot of players that are about the same talent level, and that's a really good talent mm-hmm. level. Uh, I don't know that it's good enough to get you where you want to go here in this first year. Let's 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 address first the uh, how the coaches approach this year. And, and number one, you know, the thing that that's been interesting to me this off season that I really wanted to try and pay attention to, and and what you got to look at at the exhibition game, and we'll get a, a better look at it tonight. And I, you know, I got a small sneak sneak peek of it. Uh, on the on the trip overseas, but how these coaches interact with one another, you know, it's going to be so interesting to see the dynamic of of Coach Hoiberg, of course, being the head guy, but uh, Doc Sadler, you know, his first year back as as a as a non head coach figure, you know, you've got uh, Armand Gates, who was really the liaison of uh, right. what Husker basketball has been the last few years, and how he's going to fit into this thing. And we're looking across the way at at Coach Abdul Massey. You know, who who are going to be the voices in the huddle? Who are going to be the ones talking? To me, that's a really interesting dynamic. And uh, you know, what are you expecting in terms of of how these guys are going to go about the coaching duties and just you know, and getting these guys where they need to be? 
Well, I can, I can just tell you by being at practices that uh, it's an impressive group of coaches. I mean, you look at Bobby Lutz and Doc Sadler and think about the experience that they've had and what they bring to the table. And, you know, and each guy brings a different little element. To, you know, I think Armand brings the um, – you know, he could probably relate to the young, you know, a young player more than the older coaches can. Um, but uh, the, the amazing thing is that not only relative to the coaching staff, but just everybody out at practice, it, it does not look like a program that has just been slapped together over the last summer. And it has, it is a program that was slapped together over the last summer. I think that the thing you see at timeouts, if form holds true, is that Doc will hold. Uh, court for 15 sec, 20 sec, you know, 10, 15 seconds, and then, and then Coach Hoiberg takes over and talks offense. And that's kind of the what what will happen in, in a game situation. Yeah, I'll be interesting to see, you know, and especially you know the message, getting the message to the players as well. Uh, well, let's talk a little bit about uh, you know what what we've seen in practice and what what fans can expect to see with this team, and that and that to me boils down to one word, and that's run. I mean, that's that's what this team wants to do. Yeah, and I think that they will be successful when they can. I, You know, I think you can reduce the, the, the key to the season to one thing, and that's defensive rebounding. You know, if this team can keep, you know, bigger opponents off of the opponent's offensive glass and, and finish defensive possessions, I don't know that there's any team that Nebraska will play that will that can run up and down the floor any better than they will. Uh, on the other hand, if you know if you know Michigan State will come in here, they'll send five to the, to the offensive glass, and you know it, it, when you do that and you're Michigan State, you're probably going to score. Mm-hmm. And then the problem is now you're now you're playing half court offense, and if this team can't get defensive rebounds and run and 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 shoot early in a shot clock when they get good shots, then they're going to have to execute in the half court, and that means they're going to have to make threes. And I have felt like this team at this point in time anyway is kind of at best is kind of streaky shooting the ball from from the perimeter yeah i would agree i would agree i think that's that's more than a fair assessment um i'm gonna i'm gonna throw a name out at you and i want you to tell me what you think he's gonna bring to the team this year what he has to bring to this team this year and it might i mean it might be irony that he's the only one that played minutes last year for well i don't know that there's anybody on the team that uh understands what uh, Coach Hoiberg wants in this offense, uh, and you could see it in the exhibition game. Bat, the backdoor cuts that he made, the the, the guys that he found cutting backdoor. Um, he, he just knows how to play, as Coach has said, and he's he's just really smart, and he's and he's a pretty darn good player. I, I think he's going to have to be that kind of uh, of a um, presence on the floor. You need somebody like that, and and I think that. Uh, he and Hanif Cheatham are kind of the same in that respect, but not a lot of people expected Thor Bjarnason to be mm-hmm. a uh, you know to be kind of a, a wild card, and I think he is. Right. I mean, you look at his track record, and even last year, pull up his stats: games started, games played, and you know, as a, a I'm sure opposing radio guys who don't know anything about our team are going to look at the stats and go, oh, "He's not going to be a factor. This isn't a guy that we we need to pay attention to." But you know, I, I think he is. And another guy that, that was on the team last year that I'm really in- interested in watching, I think fans are going to fall in love with how hard he plays. He's over there shooting in the corner right now, mm-hmm. Deshaun Burke. I mean, he's got one – he's got an on switch and an off switch. And when he's on the floor, it's an on switch. And I think, you know, at times that can that can hold him back a little bit because he can get out of control. But 
Uh, he's going to remind fans a little bit of Benny Parker, the way that he plays defense and the way that he just plays. He plays 100% all the time. Yeah, he's he's got the ability to be an outstanding special defensive player. He tends to get in foul trouble playing defense because he reaches a lot and, and, and gets you know gets in foul trouble. But, um, you know, here's a, here's a guy that transferred in from Robert Morris, had to sit all last year, and – you know, as is often the case, you'll hear coaches talk about their scout teams and guys that are sitting out, and you know they may be the best player on the team, and that may be the case this year with uh, with uh, uh, Delano Banton. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, he's he's he wants to play. He's, he's sat out. He's he's put in his time, and he's a, he's a really good athlete. But I agree with you. I think at, at times he, I think he will be streaky also, uh, offensively in particular. Yeah, I don't think there's any question about that. And, you know, so you start to try you start to try and piece together, right, like what these guys are going to look like on the floor. And you can get some semblance of an idea. But, um, you know, ultimately it's going to come down to, you know, the little things. And, and, and again, like I've said, and I'm sure you've said, and you kind of said it to me already, the, the one stat when, you, when you know, if you're, if you're unable to watch a game or whatever and the, all you get is a box score, the first number you're going to look at always is the rebounding numbers with this team. Uh, and the How other, many offensive rebounds did they allow? Exactly. And, and I think the other thing that, uh, you know, certainly has my attention based on, you know, what we've seen at practice, the Italy trip, and what Coach Hoiberg has told us is, is foul shooting. You know, these guys yeah. have got to make free throws. Absolutely, and they didn't do a very good job of that on, on uh, Wednesday against Doan. Didn't shoot it well from the perimeter. Didn't shoot foul shots very well. Um, but... I think if you were pressed to try to describe what this team's going to look like is that everybody can handle the ball. Yeah. You know, Kevin Cross was a steal late in the recruiting process last year, 6'9", 240s. He's, uh, he, you know, he had not, I don't think he'd seen the inside of a weight room before, kind of like Ivan Wadrago. Um, but he has really changed his body, uh, you know, over the summer, handles the ball well. But and the reason I bring him up is that, I, you know, that there aren't any positions. There are defensive positions. There's, you know, there's a guy that covers the five and a guy that covers the four and the three and the two and the one. But uh, it's really a five-out offense. Yeah. And, and I think that's, that's what people are going to uh, be st- struck by is the, is the number of players that can handle the ball. And are willing to shoot the three, right. too. Right. Uh, so, you know, again, we've got all these different parts. And, and, and to me, the, the other the big question that I have, and, and Coach Hoiberg has talked about this a lot, is what happens when this team faces adversity? And, and you know, he said the tendency with these guys, at least so far, is, is to shut down. And, and they're looking for somebody to be the one to break out, make the play. And, and they're kind of looking at everybody else. Got to find a way to be able to do that because rarely do you play a 40-minute game in the Big Ten without something going wrong. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I, you allude to two different things there, I think. One is who who's going to be your 15-point-a-game scorer? I mean, I, I don't know. You know. I can name four or five yeah. that might be. Uh, and then on the other hand, like you say, what happens when things are, are going south? And to me, that's not only a question of poise and character and all those intangibles, but – for this team, it's going to be a, 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 a largely a reality that they're not going to be able to rebound on the defensive end simply because they're not big enough. 
And so I don't know what you do about that, you know? <laughs> I mean, yeah, you can't grow, right? Right. You can't pour the magic water on them. I mean, Ivan Wadrago will, is, a, is a brood inside. But he's 17 years old. Exactly. And, and hasn't played basketball at this level before. Okay. And now it's, it's probably time to address the question that I get asked a lot about this team. I'm sure you get asked a lot. Everybody's putting all over Twitter what to expect. And, and I don't know that we know what to expect. I don't really want to put a win total on it, but how are you going to gauge this team? I mean, obviously you want to see improvement from game to game, but from when we're talking right now before Riverside to the end of the year, whether it be the Big Ten tournament or some postseason tournament, um, you know, what are you hoping you know happens in that amount of time to where you're feeling better by when we have this talk next well, year? Well, I think we can talk about that real easily. I think you can look at these first four games at home uh, over uh, against teams that you want to look back at this first four game stretch and say they didn't struggle. Uh, and then you're going to want to look at what happens in the Caymans. You know, Washington State's not a – I mean, they're a Power 5 program. It's not that they're going to be in the Final Four or anything. But, you know, the, 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 the competition steps up a level in that tournament. And then there's a four-game stretch after that that will tell you a lot. And hopefully they can come out, you know, uh, that thing alive when they go to Georgia Tech, play at Creighton, play at Indiana, and play Purdue at home. You know, so you look at that as that collective preseason because they'll have a few games at home in non-conference play after that. But uh, again, against teams like these first four, but you'll have a feel at that point what this team might be capable of or not be capable of in the conference. Let's get your thoughts on the league here. I was at Media Days uh, a a few weeks ago, and you know, just trying to get a a taste of what everybody else is at in the league and. You know, last year I felt like the, the league was really deep and there were a lot of teams that uh, were good. I don't know that I thought there were any elite teams at that at that time. Everyone was talking about Michigan and Michigan State uh, a year ago, and I think to a certain extent uh, Michigan State is, is the favorite maybe with Maryland this year. But, you know, I kind of feel like this is a good time for Fred Hoiberg to be in the league. You know, you've got a couple of teams trying to find themselves. Michigan's kind of going through a transition with right. Juwan Howard and, um, you know, Minnesota, I don't think, is, is going to be as good. People say Penn State's going to have a good team. But I think I think this is a pretty good time, you know, for for Coach Hoiberg to come try and uh, to figure this league out. I don't know that he's going to run into too many coaches that would, would tell you they have their best teams this year. Yeah, I, I think it's a good analysis. Um, you know, if you... If you look at the returning players and who they are, you got to think Izzo is, you know, legit top five in the country. Uh, And Maryland kind of the same way, although Maryland has yet to, you know, take a deep, get a deep, have a deep run in the tournament. So they've been kind of underperforming and and, uh, with regard to their talent. Everybody thinks Ohio State's going to be really good. Um, and you mentioned, uh, I mean, don't count Purdue out, right, yeah. Penn State, like you said. So I don't know. I mean, Illinois is, is they're going to be they're going to be better. I think I think they're going to be way better. Um, I don't know about Indiana. Yeah, you know, that's I, an interesting. one. I don't know about Iowa. People seem to be sold on Iowa, and you know, if Bohannon's not playing, I, I don't know that I'm there. I mean, I think they're kind of in that yeah. same category. So. Yeah, you know, maybe this is a year where um, it's 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 a good time to have 16 new players. <laughs> well, I don't think there ever is a good time, but I don't think this year uh, it could have been worse. Let's just leave it at that. Finally, got to get your thoughts about having Doc back. I mean, oh. that's just 
you know, just being around him again, and, and, ha- and you could just tell that the weight of the, the world is off his shoulders, and he you can just tell he's just happy to be here. He's yeah. happy to be back. He's happy to be with his role. He's happy to be working with Coach Hoiberg and these players. You know, for you to, to sit back and kind of see this unfold and have an old friend back has to be good feeling. Oh, it's great. Um, you know, we, we, we have been good friends, and we kept in contact a lot while he was gone, and, um, you know, I think I told you the story that when this all happened that, Doc's the guy that told me that Hoiberg was going to take the job earlier in the day when it was announced. And then, you know, I asked him, I said, well, are you coming? And he said, the only way I'm coming back is do your color. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then, of course, he comes back, yeah. you know. So, yeah, I, I, I think that, you know, the, the uh, respect and the chemistry that Coach Hoiberg and Coach Sadler have together is, is hugely important because, you know, think about it. A guy who may be a little insecure uh, may not like all the attention that that yeah. Sadler, Coach Sadler gets in town. I mean, Hoiberg's always laughing about it and joking about it. You know, they go into some place together, and Doc gets all the attention. But um, so yeah, I think it's great. Um, uh, you know, it's going to be fun to be on the airplane again with him. Yeah. Well, your vocal cords should be all rested up, ready to go. We'll see, you got man. Your, Got your cough drops and, and your gum and your water. You, you look like you're ready for a broadcast. Bo- How much time on the bow tie today? Easy choice? Yeah, because I got this jacket, and I thought it went well, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind solid. of a new red coat. Solid. Yeah. What Thumbs up. Solid. Thumbs up. It's not better. It's not any better than solid. What, what do you want from Man, me? I get a solid. What, what, do, you, what do you solid want from is me? a is a uh, term that is kind of uh, a left-handed compliment, I think. Well, I am you left-handed. Know? So yeah, there you I go. suppose it fits. Yeah. Kent, you look great. And you got the red that's, sneakers on. That's better. You got the red sneakers <laughs> on, the red socks. It's gonna be fun. I don't know, I don't know what else they want from you, really. You you look like you're ready what to do go. You, what do you want from me? All right. Well you go uh Hey, we're gonna get together on a couple of road trips, I guess. Huh? That's that's the rumor. Yeah. Uh, Jake's Jake's dipping out on a few. Yep. He's, look at him over there, just hanging out. Year three. Year three. You did I mention that Riverside has a real big center. You didn't. Yeah. Close your eyes and... No, never mind. <laughs> I won't say it. <laughs> you're going to take, gonna take it... That's like taking a fast break up with a finger roll and then coming down and yeah, traveling. That's, that's, what a you definite, just that's a definite box. <laughs> <laughs> you just came down and traveled is what you did. Yeah, I did. All right, we better end this segment before, uh, before we get in trouble. Greg, we're going to pull you back in here. All right, boys. Let's go get, your, go get some dinner. Get this all fueled up and ready to roll. Thanks, Greg. Greg Sharp in studio. Ben McLaughlin courtside at PBA. Huskers getting ready to open up the 2019-2020 basketball season against UC Riverside. Tip-off just after 8 o'clock. Pre-game coverage with Kent and Jake Muehlheisen begins at the top of the hour. couple of college football notes, Ben. Michael Penix. The quarterback for Indiana who did not play when the Hoosiers were here a couple of weeks ago did play last week. He's now out for the year with a collarbone injury. Um, man, I thought Ramsey was awful good when, when the Hoosiers played here, but still I know that they're pretty excited about Penix and what he brings to the table. Hoosiers are having kind of a magical season on the gridiron. Now will be without one of their quarterbacks. Penix brought that offense to another level. I mean, Ramsey's solid. There is He's played a lot of football for them, but – 
you know, Penix was exciting, could do a lot of things with his legs. And, I mean, you could just tell from that injury from a couple of weeks ago, he just wasn't right. And, obviously, uh, tried to get it going and just couldn't. And, uh, unfortunately for them, yeah, he's going to be out the year. The other big news is P.J. Flack today, the flamboyant Minnesota head coach, signed a seven-year contract extension. He's going to pay him on an average of $4.6 million a year. Preemptive, don't you think, for the Gophers to do this, knowing that Flex probably going to be a hot commodity here in this offseason. His phone number is going to be passed around to some to some ads and some uh, prospective places, no doubt. And uh, you know, I don't. I, I he says he's a, a Gopher, and that's where he wants to be. But you know, we'll kind of see as things open up. And obviously, the first big one is is Florida State and Tallahassee. I, I'm sure you know he's probably on a short list somewhere of of interest in uh, in that program. So. Uh, you know, we'll kind of see what, what it's going to take to get him away, if anything. But, yeah, not surprised to hear that today. Yeah, they've got a big game Saturday with Penn State. We talked about it with Adam Rittenberg on last night's show. What kind of shot do you give the Gophers on Saturday? I don't know. Uh, I, I, I think a decent shot, but I, I'm, I'm at Penn State is my pick until – I mean, I think right now Minnesota's in in prove-it-to-me mode with a lot of people, Um, you know, and their schedule hasn't been great to this point. Penn State's pretty battle-tested, but if they can put a good performance together against Penn State, and and even if they don't win, but, you know, keep them within a score, I think, you know, they're going to have some people have their eyeballs on them, and I know definitely, you know, Wisconsin and Iowa will as well. This is a true test for them, and I'm excited to see what they can do. Yeah. Well, this is the opening day for the college basketball season. Big-time doubleheader going on at Madison Square Garden. Duke in Kansas playing right now. It's 25-24 Duke with about four minutes to go in the first half. Later tonight, Michigan State and Kentucky will duel. Between games, Ben, they will unveil the first college football playoff poll. We talked a little bit about it last night. I think everybody expects LSU and Ohio State in some order to be 1-2 with Bam probably three and what do you think Clemson four probably just ahead of, of a Penn State in that four spot yeah, yeah Clemson's gonna get the fourth spot I would be I would be shocked if Penn State slides in there I think just the name brand and they haven't lost as much as they're supposed to separate that stuff the human element I don't I don't think that you can Clemson's gonna get the benefit of the doubt being the defending champ so yeah I would, I would be shocked if Clemson's not that fourth team well, we'll know in about an hour when they when the Kansas Duke game gets over, they'll they'll break into the pool. Be interested to see how high like an Oregon with one loss is, and heck, even where where does Minnesota open up in this thing? They're undefeated. Not a lot of undefeated teams left. They haven't played a great schedule, so I doubt they're in the top ten. But uh, being undefeated, uh, they may be somewhere somewhere close to that. That'll put a wrap on it. Thanks to Ben, to Josh, to Mick, and everybody for being a part of this one. Enjoy the game. Coming up pregame on the other side.